Welcome to Do It For The Process, studio conversations for artists and creatives. I'm your host, Emily Jeffords, professional artist, educator, and mother of three. In this podcast, we dive deep into what it means to run a successful creative entrepreneurship, how to stay true to your art while also growing your creative business. And I always give a gentle reminder to fall in love with the process all along the way, because I firmly believe your creative business is only as strong as your creative practice. And with that, let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, welcome to Do It For The Process. I'm really happy that you're here today because honestly, I'm pretty nervous. Like, my shoulders are tense. All right, gotta relax. My jaw feels a bit tense. My heart's beating a tiny bit too fast because today I'm going to be a little bit vulnerable. And while I'm always an open book and I don't have that many secrets, this topic feels a little bit intimate and a little bit close to to me and what I'm what I'm thinking and feeling right now. So I'm gonna share because I do wanna share while this is fresh because well, the topic is burnout in case you didn't get that from the title of this episode. But um, I think oftentimes when you're when you're well outside of burnout, it can feel like this distant thing that you have you've overcome and it's like you had a cold and now you're fine and you can't you know, you can't feel it, you can't remember it. I feel it and I remember it very well because it's not that long ago that I was in the depths of burnout. So I want to talk about it now. And if you're not currently feeling burnout, totally fine. You can either just nod your head and say, I'm so sorry. And I'm glad that you're feeling better, Emily. Or you can tuck this away for a day when you might need it. But I recommend listening to it now because if you're anything like me, a lot of these things are going to resonate with you on a daily basis. And a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode are things that you need to remember on a daily basis. They're not something that you should do as a response to burnout. There's things that you should do to keep you out of burnout or to recognize or to just be very aware of. Because I think that we all, um, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a people pleaser or an artist that feels things deeply, or really if you're a human living in the world you probably deal with these things on a regular basis and they have varying degrees of severity, the most severe being burnout and wanting to quit and leave everything, (laughs) to other degrees, which is just tiredness or not really wanting to show up or having a little bit of fear and trepidation and things that are super common and super normal. Those are the beginning phases of burnout. And if you're not aware of them, they will progress and they will bite you in the booty, which is what we're trying to avoid. So like I said, I'm going to talk pretty candidly, Um, just for some context, it is currently Friday, August 21st, and I am about eight weeks after discovering that I was in burnout. So about two months ago, I realized that I had actually, I was actually very burnt out. Now I was burnt out before that. But as I'll discuss, burnout does a beautiful job of tricking you. It does a very good job of keeping you in this numb state where you can just keep going. You are fine. Show up. Do do your job. You've got this. Oh, I did that for about, I would say probably about a month, um, beginning in May. And by June 14th, 
I admitted to myself and to others and then to the whole world that I had burnout and it was it was not it was not a normal kind of burnout I'll put it that way it was the kind of burnout that made me tell several of my closest friends and Dan that I am not doing my job anymore that I'm leaving I don't need this I don't want at, at that point when I was talking I didn't want this I wanted to be a human again. I wanted to own my life again. And I felt very out of control of my life. And that's really what the source of my burnout came down to. I'll talk about more about that in a minute. But um, yeah, that's my story from burnout. So like I said, I was, I was definitely experiencing extreme burnout in May, but I was numb to it. And then we went on vacation and I stepped away and I unplugged kind of like you know, what you should do when you go on vacation, you should unplug, right? You should just take a couple days and rest. So I was like, all right, I'll do that thing that I know I should do. And then, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I had a couple of conversations with friends where, uh, just if you don't know me personally, I am not a very heavy person. I don't, I don't carry weight. I don't carry darkness. I don't carry drama. I really don't hold those things inside of me. I have anxiety, but I don't hold I don't hold hard things inside of me very often. And yet, when a couple of friends asked me if they could just, like, let me be vulnerable. They're like, Emily, just, I can tell that you're holding things. Just let me, just talk to me. Just talk to me. Let me know what's actually happening. And those conversations resulted in crying, (laughs) yelling, not at them, but just about the situation. And saying, I'm leaving. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm done. Hello, burnout. (laughs) It was pretty hard to miss. You know, it was pretty hard for me to not to deny that this was actually happening. And it's not some ethereal thing that happens to other people. Um, I talk a lot. I have a lot of I have a lot of opportunities to mentor other creatives. And I am a huge believer in showing up and doing your job and nourishing yourself and taking care of yourself. That way you can keep showing up and doing your job. And I practice that and I, I try to practice that. But as I told one of the members of the collective in a Q&A who was asking really vulnerably about burnout, picture a match. You're holding a match in your hands. Maybe you're lighting up a birthday cake, all the candles in the birthday cake, and you're holding this match and it's burning and you're fine and it's lighting candles and it's fine. But maybe, you know, the person's pretty old and you have a lot of candles to light. And you have a lot of, in, in this metaphor, you have a lot of responsibilities. You have a lot of things that you have to keep running. And the, the match is getting hotter and hotter. The fire is getting closer and closer to your fingers, but you're fine. You can keep going. Just one more candle. There's just a couple more. You're, you've got this. No big deal. Keep going. But the flame is getting hotter and your heart rate is rising a little bit and you move faster and faster to the next candle and the next candle and your fingers begin to hurt. And then it's too late. You've been burned and you drop the match and you kiss your fingertips and you feel so silly, but also it hurts that is burnout. That is burnout. You know, you can let a lot of things be within your realm of responsibility. You can expend tremendous energy on such beautiful, good work. It is all good. It is all good. And yet, if you let that work burn and burn and burn until it gets so close to your fingers that you physically experience pain, that is burnout. And I'm not saying that any of those things that you were working on are bad. I'm not saying any of them didn't deserve your love and your care. But if your fingers are getting burned in the process, you will drop the match. 
and you will not pick it back up. You will care for your fingers, right? Like, so that metaphor completely applies to us as humans and as creatives and as entrepreneurs. If the things that you're working on are getting so close to you and they're getting, you know, they're, they're, you're pouring your love and care into them and they're amazing, but the energy that's asked of you is getting so close to you that you don't have anything left for your own soul, you're going to drop them. And you're going to run and hide and scream and cry to friends that ask you just a basic question like, how are you doing? (laughs) That's burnout. Another metaphor that I use is a hot knife. And this one's a bit more graphic, so bear with me. The tricky thing about burnout is it numbs the wound as it cuts. So you can always do one more thing. You can always do just a little, one more email, one more sale, one more little painting, one more Facebook live, one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. But if the knife that you're using to do all those things with is numbing you as it cuts, it is not okay. Those things are not worth your energy and your time. It is not fine because just like getting burned or getting cut or getting hurt in any way, the reaction that our human minds and bodies and soul require of us is to stop and to heal. I felt that numbing. I felt that numbing and I felt that cutting very, very deeply. So when I was in Alaska, and again, I, at this point, um, I had been acknowledging and actively trying to heal from burnout for about four weeks by this point. And I'm in Alaska and I'm offering advice. We led a creative retreat in Alaska and it was absolutely beautiful and so nourishing. And we're all sitting around and I'm leading this discussion on sustainable creativity, you know, how to have a sustainable business, how to have a profit margin that supplies for your life, how to, you know, keep going and keep running. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. I talk about this all the time. No big deal. I know what to say. I have this speech ingrained in my psyche. It's fine. I've got this. Well, apparently I was not ready yet to give that speech because the things that I was saying were hitting so close to home for me that I fought back tears the entire hour. It felt so like I was speaking to myself, like I was telling myself, Emily, this has to be sustainable. This has to be something that you enjoy. This has to be something that you want to come back to every single day. And yes, I love every part of my job. I love every part of what I get to do every day. But if I'm not caring for me, if I'm not caring for the things that matter most to me, not all the things that matter to me, because there are so many things that matter to me, but if I'm not caring for the things that actually make me who I am and nourishing myself, I can't keep coming to this, to this job. I can't keep being who I need to be in the world. I can't keep serving my family, serving my students, serving my community, serving my collectors. A lot of serving. Do you hear that word? That word is a bit tricky because yes, I can serve all of them and that is such a deserving cause and I love it. But in that, I have to serve me or else I cannot show back up. So while I'm definitely still in recovery and layers are still coming off daily and things still trigger anxiety in me pretty quickly. Um, I think the most important thing about being in burnout is acknowledging that it is happening to you, that you are not above burnout. It is not a vast, um, you know, 
foreign concept that someone else has to deal with because they're a lesser human than you. No, no, no. It happens to everyone that gives fully and that loves deeply and that shows up consistently. If you're, if you're doing those things, if you're living fully, showing up consistently, loving deeply, then you are very much at risk of experiencing burnout. But what I'm going to say is burnout is not a bad thing. And I, it feels horrible. It feels horrendous. Let me, let me just tell you that right now. It feels horrible. It is a scary and very vulnerable place to be. It's still, I'm still a little bit shaky right now, even just talking about it out loud. I haven't talked about it like this before. So thank you for listening. (laughs) But the upside of burnout is it allows you to let go of the need to do everything. It allows you to let go of the need to please everyone, to solve all the problems. You can stop holding all of their pain inside of you. If you're an empath or even someone that just has a lot of sympathy or a lot of empathy, this is a real problem, especially during a time when the world feels a little bit chaotic and a bit more painful than usual. Holding the pains and the emotional trauma of people around you inside of you will wear you out so fast. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't do it. It's a really beautiful thing. And and I do it too, but you can only hold so much pain and you only should hold so much pain. It allows you to realize that you don't need to show up in every way for everyone. You don't have to rely on just you. You have support. You have people. I have a team. I have people that I can rely on, that I should be relying on. Personally, being um, being made very aware that I had burnout allowed me to kind of reevaluate how I respond to things, how I hold things inside of my body. And I realized that one of my first most basic reactions is to see a need and respond with anxiety. For instance, let's say we have a collective, you know, a collective um, content coming out today. My first response in, oh, I wonder if that email is getting done would be anxiety versus trust. Trust that it is getting done. Trust that it is happening. My team is on it. They're amazing. And part of that is just growing and, you know, having a team that I can trust and I can't thank goodness. But my habit was to respond with anxiety versus trust. The biggest thing that I got out of burnout, and I know that's kind of weird to say, but it's 100% true, is I was made painfully aware that I am not living within my values. My two biggest values are freedom and creativity. Both of those things have not been a big focus of my year this year. They have not been a big focus of my spring or, you know, just the summer in general. Freedom and creativity are, they're how I live. And ignoring that or putting those things aside for the sake of progress and systems and ingenuity and getting things done and meeting all the needs of all the people, it doesn't allow for a lot of freedom or creativity. <laughs> let's just let's just put that one out there. So realizing that allowed me to figure out ways that I can add those things to my life because they matter tremendously to me. Now the upsides of burnout are you get to heal. Really, you get to heal. I was cut, I was burned, I did this to myself. This is almost entirely self-afflicted. And it came crashing down around me and I had to step away. I had to take that space to heal because otherwise I can't keep showing up. I can't do what I should do in this world. I can't be me. I had to heal from this pain that I caused myself, which means you get to heal. And on the other side of that healing is actually tremendous gain and tremendous beauty. 
The upside of, of healing from burnout is energy. If I had just been plodding along, constantly just doing it, doing it, doing it, showing up, not uh, not changing course, I what if I hadn't stopped? What if I just maintained the status quo of of just existing? Just try to make it work. It's going to be fine. Keep going. Keep going. You can do it. These people need you. What if I hadn't stopped? I would never have the energy that I have right now. The fact that I stopped, acknowledged, consciously healed, and consciously rested, took things off my plate right and left, decided to not care what people think or what they want or what they do for just a minute, allowed me to heal. It also allowed me to acknowledge some hard truths in my life. It allowed me to realign. It allowed me to sit with the honesty that I am not actually a superwoman. I am not actually uh, able to do literally everything, nor should I. It allowed me to realize that my, my art, my work, the things that bring me so much joy are so valuable and putting them on the back burner is no longer an option. It allowed me to ask for help, a lot of help. It also allowed me to accept help, which is a big deal. It's not that easy. (laughs) Uh, It allowed me to lose the absurd idea that I can and should do it all. It allowed me to deeply love what matters most to me. Freedom, creativity, my family, exploration, time, space, rest. These are things that I have not prioritized this year and that's not okay. It allowed me to accept a lot of humility. And in that humility came a lot of healing. So while I don't want burnout to be part of your life, I don't wish it upon anyone, it is very painful. It does have some big benefits. And now that I'm on this side of burnout, I'm coming out of recovery from burnout. I'm coming back into life. I feel so much energy. I feel so much love. I also feel some really clearly defined boundaries that I hope I don't break. I'm probably gonna bend them a little bit because old habits die hard, but I'm very aware of them. I have some dear friends that are on my team that are <laughs> that are looking out for me. And when they see me creeping back, they're gonna be like, Emily, stop. What matters most to you? What matters most to you? I think the sweetest thing about burnout and what I wish that we could all do without experiencing burnout, and I I think you can, is it requires you to be honest with your limits. So that's what I would recommend. If you are experiencing burnout now, if you think that you might soon, or if you're totally fine, be honest about your limits. Those limits are keeping you safe. I also think that burnout allows you to pay attention after you've acknowledged it. I think before you acknowledge it, before you admit that you're in it, you're, your head's down. You're, like, like that knife metaphor, you're currently numb. You're getting cut and you don't know it. But if you acknowledge that you have a wound, there's something wrong here. There's something deeply that's pained here. I think acknowledging that allows you to pay attention and it allows you to redefine boundaries, to redefine some lines, to heal, to nourish yourself. And attention is the clearest doorway to gratitude. I heard that on a podcast today that I really, really loved. It was um, a quote from Robin Wall's Kimmerer. And I really love how she said that because it was so simple. Attention is the clearest doorway to gratitude. I think just giving yourself the ability to open your eyes with honesty, with love for yourself and those around you 
and with attention, it gives you space to find things that, that matter most to you, that align with your values, and that brings a lot of gratitude. The opposite of that is, of course, ego. And I think I have a working theory on this and I'm still wrapping my head around it a little bit, but I think that ego is at the root of burnout, right? Like that makes sense. That makes sense to me, at least to what I felt about burnout. Ego says, I can do that for you. I can do, I can do that for you. I can do all these things. I can do that. Do you need help with that? Sure. I've got this. Um, ego says it doesn't make me happy, but it's totally fine. I can do this. Ego says I can do everything. I can give everything. I don't have any needs. I can accomplish all the things. That, that's ego. That's how it presents inside of me, at least. Ego numbs the wound as it cuts. Ego burns you too fast, too hot. It burns you so that you convince yourself you've got to keep holding the match. And you don't have to keep holding the match. The ironic thing is, I experienced burnout five years ago also. I wonder if it's like a five-year thing. I don't know. I hope not. <laughs> but I experienced burnout five years ago, and that's why I began the... I just began telling myself the phrase, do it for the process. And that was born out of a lot of tiredness, a lot of anxiety, a lot of doing things for, um, for money, because I needed money, and that was kind of an old wound that I was healing from, money trauma, money, you know, money mindset issues. I was finally making money with my art. I was finally um, funding our family and we were doing great and that was awesome, but that required a lot of me saying yes to things that I don't enjoy. A lot of me doing things out of scarcity and out of fear, not out of abundance, which I think we have to learn that the hard way a lot of times. It's not like you can just hear someone say that and be like, okay, cool. I now work out of abundance. It's not quite that simple, but for me, I was doing things for external gain, for financial gain, for likes, for clout, for popularity, for the final result. I wanted my art to be so beautiful because I wanted people to perceive it as beautiful. Total Enneagram 3 like issues here for sure. <laughs> Speaking as someone that has a very strong three wing. Oh boy. Um, but I think that that coming back to that phrase, do it for the process, allowed me to recenter on why do I do this? And in 2015, my why was because I love creativity, because I love freedom. My why in 2020, because I love creativity and I love freedom. I love my family. I love time. I love space. I love energy. I love feeling alive. So do it for the process is rooted in recovery from burnout. Isn't that interesting? Here we are again on this podcast, five years later, still doing it. <laughs> still on this this cycle because we're human. I'm a human, which means that I will do great and I will do terribly. And both are okay. Both are okay. So now when I come to my creative practice, um, actually I launched a collection. Oh gosh, what is it like two weeks ago? I don't know. Time is irrelevant to me right now, but basically I launched a collection recently and someone asked me, what's my inspiration? What was my inspiration for this work? You know, they wanted me to have some eloquent thing. And I realized that I painted all of these paintings for myself. I painted all of these paintings as a, like a slight little form of self-healing over the past 24 months. That's a lot of little bits of self-healing to finally make a collection. But nonetheless, 
I painted all of them because in my painting practice, I'm actually really good at not getting burnt out because I think I've learned that lesson. Now I'm learning it on the other side of my business, the teaching side and the mentoring side and giving and giving of myself and running a team and all these things. It's a different, a different muscle that I have to flex and figure out how it works. But on the painting side of my business, I do it for the process. I do it because I love creativity. I love the way it feels. I love the way the mental hurdles you get to overcome. I love thinking through color and form and texture. I love how the brush feels on the canvas, grinding paint, mixing color. I love it's it's the most beautiful thing in the world to me. It is a dance. It is a romance to me. So do it for the process comes very naturally in my creative practice. Now I need to turn that to my business and to my life in general. Realizing that I'm exhausted after the fact is not an option anymore. I need to realize that I'm getting tired before I hit utter exhaustion. And utter exhaustion, for me at least, quickly led to wanting to throw it all away and run away and just cry for a little while, which I think is okay. I did that and it was it was necessary, but I think that there's a more sustainable way of running a business and that's what I'm here to find. That's what I'm here to discover. So a business built around my values, built around relying on others and accepting help and acknowledging that I need it desperately, acknowledging that things that matter to me need to be valued. My values matter so much. So moving forward, what does this look like? It's more an internal thing than an external thing. I doubt that anyone outside of me is going to feel these things. I think that from the outside, it's going to look pretty much the same. Not a lot is gonna change. But internally, there are some pretty clear boundaries around my heart right now, and not in a bad way, not in a way that makes me cold or hostile or inaccessible, not at all. But in a way that lets me check in and say, am I giving too much? Am I feeling too much? Am I Am I aligning this action in fear? Am I doing it out of fear or out of ego or out of love and generosity? Is it, does it equate to freedom? Does it equate to creativity? And if not, do I want to do it? I think you can do things you don't want to do, of course, all day long. <laughs> not every day though. Do not, no, don't do that. Not all day long. But you can totally do things that don't feel good. And that's totally fine. There we're all adults, right? But the big choices, the habits, the ways of running your whole life. If you have the ability, if you have the tremendous privilege of deciding how that feels and how that works, don't squander that. Don't squander that. That's huge. That's something that not everyone can decide. Not everyone gets that that massive privilege. Oh my gosh, that's the most beautiful privilege in the entire world. So if you have that, and I do have that, and I'm, I'm imagining that you do too, do not waste it. Do not waste it. Okay, this has been very cathartic, actually. Thank you for letting me talk through this. (laughs) If it was helpful for you, I would love to hear about it because I think this is a conversation that, I think it's a conversation we don't really know how to have. At least maybe I don't know how to have it. So I would love to hear from you. If you have a different take on this, if you've experienced this with your own flavor, if you are nodding profoundly in agreement, if you want to challenge me, cool. Let's have a talk. I would love, I would love to hear your perspective on burnout and on boundaries and on values and on doing what matters most. 
that would be a really good conversation for us to have as, as a creative community, I think. If you've enjoyed this conversation and kind of want a little bit more meat or structure or advice on how to run a creative business, I got you. The Collective is where I share everything about how to run a sustainable creative business, which yes, includes a lot of managing your energy, managing your your profitability margins, managing your energy flow into different products and services and offerings and diversifying your business and launching things effectively. All of those things are inside of The Collective, which is open for enrollment August 24th through the 31st. So right now, if you're listening to this live. If you'd like to join us, you can go to emilyjeffordslearn.com and everything is there for you. You can check out the syllabus, check out the guest experts. They are incredibly amazing humans. Oh my gosh, they're very, very, very cool. Um, You can look at the the topics we've already covered. We covered a substantial amount of content already. You can dig into whatever you'd like. You can see what's to come. It's all really, really good. In fact, I read a comment from a collective member today. You know, she's listening. You'll know who you are. <laughs> but she she filled out a survey for us, which is wonderful. And it said, I was planning on joining the collective for one month, binging all of the content and then canceling. Totally fair. There's no terms. It's totally fine. You can do that. You can do that if you want to. But the comment went on to say she found the content to be so positive, so helpful, and so timely that she is not canceling because she's getting so much value out of it. Even though her budget is very small and she does not have a lot of expendable income, she's already finding profitability because of what the collective is offering. So that's my goal. That is totally my goal. Just for full transparency, my goal is when you join the collective that you will see a $29 profit after joining. The collective costs $29 a month, so my bare minimum goal is for you to see a $29 profit over previous months after joining the collective. I think you'll see closer to $500, $5,000, wherever you are on your scale of business, the the methods and tactics that we that we talk about. Tactics sound slimy. There's nothing slimy here. <laughs> the practices that we talk about they're really sustainable and they're also how i've built my entire seven figure business so they're not they're not uh impractical they actually very much work they're very practical so if you join the collective i want you to see profit i want this to be something that is actually profitable for your business that's my goal so join us you can try it out for a month like our our lovely member was going to do and then i think you'll also see that you want to stay for a few more months and maybe a few more after that and then maybe a few more (laughs) all right go to emilyjeffordslearn.com enrollment is open until the end of the month the 31st and then it will not reopen until april and just to give you a little teaser in that amount of time we're going to talk about licensing we're going to talk about running your own membership we're going to talk about how to have an amazing holiday with higher sales than you expected in fact one of our guest experts is going to brainstorm with me and we're going to kind of like spitfire ways that you can make more money this week like you know when you listen to it it'll be in december that we do this it's going to be so much fun Oh, also in December, we're going to have something that I am so excited to watch unfold. We're going to have a beautiful, beautiful collective holiday pop-up gallery and shop. I'm so excited about this. 
This is going to be a great place for me to feature several collective artists to help you guys sell your work, to help you find collectors and buyers for your holiday, beautiful things. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch unfold. That is only available to members of the collective. Obviously, it's the collective gallery and pop-up shop, so that makes sense. All right, go check out all the info, all the details. Go look at all the beautiful guest experts, all the content, the things that we cover. Um, and in like in continuing this conversation about about burnout and sustainability, please know that everything that I recommend is in line with this conversation. Everything that I encourage you to do is very much to check your energy, to check your values, to check your your goals and aspirations against those values and to move forward in that alignment. In fact, the very first session, we have an entire training on aligning your business with your values. So I need to go back and watch that. That would be very good. <laughs> actually, it has been very good. I've gone back to those, those principles myself and been like, nope, what actually matters to me? What actually matters to who I am as a person? And then how can my business support that? Not the other way around, not the other way around. I am in charge of my business. My business is not in charge of me. If I'm in the habit of giving my heart and soul to my work, but I'm not in charge of my heart and soul, then what am I giving, right? That makes sense. I'd love to see you in there. I want to keep talking about this with you. So join us in the collective. I'll see you there. All right. Bye for now.